let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Rev. Richard C. Whitcomb. Ago! 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 Aha! A long time ago, before Ghana was a nation, before any of us were born, God lived close to man. Life was simple and life was good, and man and God got along well with one another. But then one day something terrible happened. An old woman named Mame was pounding Fufu, and she wasn't careful. She started hitting God on the upswing of her pestle. God didn't like this, so he moved far away into the sky, and everyone felt sad. The people blamed Mame. So Mame decided she had to build a wall of mortars to get to God and bring him back. She called her children and said, go and gather all the mortars you can find. Bring them and we will build a wall of mortars so I can reach to God and bring him near again. So her children went far and wide. They gathered hundreds of mortars. They brought them and began to lay them out to build a wall of mortars. And Mame climbed the wall of mortars. She got to the very top, but she was one mortar short of reaching God. So mommy called to her children, bring me one more mortar. But there were no mortars remaining. Then Mame told the children, take one of the mortars from the bottom of the pile and hand it to me so that I can put it on the top and I can reach God. Well, the children looked at the bottom row of mortars and they picked one right in the middle. They began to pull and tug, pull and tug, pull and tug. And finally, they removed the mortar. But when they did, the whole wall of mortars came crashing down. Mame fell from the sky. The mortars crashed into the village, killing a lot of people. There was confusion everywhere and man ran to the ends of the earth. And even up till now, till today, man is still separated from God. Since that time, no one has been able to climb and reach God. Even today, all our efforts to reach God fall one mortar short. No matter how high we reach, we're one mortar short. No matter how hard we try, we're one mortar short. No matter the good deeds we perform, we're always one mortar short. We never have enough good works to reach God. We never have enough good behavior to reach God. We never have enough of anything to reach God. And all our attempts to reach him end up crashing around us. Man always comes up short when he tries to reach God. But then Jesus came. Jesus came to reach us when we couldn't reach him. Jesus came down from heaven and bridged the gap between man and God. Jesus came to lift us and raise us and reunite us with God. Jesus came to bring us close and to make us righteousness. For the good news of the gospel is that righteousness is beyond our reach, but it's not unreachable. For Jesus came to make us righteous. He came to cleanse us of our sin. He came to live inside of us. He came to give us his his power and his anointing that we might be just like him and receive the favor of God. 
That's the amazing truth we're going to discover today in the story of a man named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was just like all of us. He was too short to reach God. He was an unrighteous man, but when he encountered Jesus, he became righteous and received the favor of God. He went from sinner to saint because Jesus came and changed his life. And the same thing will happen to you today when you follow the example of Zacchaeus. You'll learn the favor factor of righteousness. But before we discover more, let's bow our heads and pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we confess to you today that all our good works, all our righteous efforts, all our good deeds are always too short to reach you. Nothing we can do can cleanse us of our sin. Nothing we can do can make us right in your sight. But we ask you to come and move upon us today and open our hearts and minds to see and understand that in you, in Christ, we can become righteousness. Lord, we ask you to come and give us a revelation of what you're calling us to today and the path we can follow to live in your pleasure. We submit to you now, we bind every voice of the devil that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit to enlighten our hearts and minds, to give us the grace to obey you and to walk in your righteousness and your favor. We thank you by faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I want to invite you to take a moment. Join your faith with mine today. Put your hand on your chest and pray after me. Say, Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. For you see, God's favor is not a mystery. It's not something you speculate. The Bible gives us clear and specific things we can all do that will attract the favor of God. That's what we started to learn last week when we launched the sermon series called The Favor Factor. We discovered that faith is the foundation of pleasing God. Without faith, you can never please Him and you can never get the favor of God. But when you have a faith that attracts the attention of God, you become blessed. It's a faith that has a big vision and prays bold prayers and takes brave action. And that brings us to today, our second week in the favor factor. And we're going to discover the favor factor of righteousness. We can be blessed beyond measure when we walk with Jesus in righteousness. Now to help us learn the truth for today, we printed sermon notes. They look like this. They're inside your bulletin, or you can download them for free online at our website and on our social media pages. Go ahead and take out your notes and follow along with me as we discover the amazing story of Zacchaeus and the righteousness that attracts God's favor. And there at the top of your notes is our scripture text for today. One verse found in Psalm 5, verse 12. I want to ask everybody to read it out loud together with me today. Get your best anniversary voice on. Are you ready? Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Let's read that one more time. Are you ready? Here we go. Ready, go. Surely, Lord. Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your heart today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Think about this amazing promise. What is God saying? He says, assuredly, assuredly, no doubt, no deviation. I guarantee that I will bless the righteous people. I will surround them. That means we're guided and guarded and protected on the front 
front, in the back, on the right, in the left, up above and down beneath. We're covered and surrounded by favor. We live in a cocoon of favor when we're righteous. And that's an amazing truth. Good news is we see it not only in the promise of God, but we see this from the example of righteous men and women in the Bible. So let's look today at one of those men, a man named Zacchaeus, and how he experienced righteousness. He was an unrighteous man, but when he encountered Jesus, he was transformed and God proclaimed a blessing upon him. And in his story, you and I are going to learn today what things we can do right now today that will attract the favor of God through righteousness. So let me read his story found in Luke 19, 1 to 10. Now receive the word of the Lord. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region and he had become very rich. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, Mepentum, quick, calm down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Everybody say notorious sinner. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. May God bring Zacchaeus to Ghana Revenue Authority in Jesus' name. Let's all read the last two verses together. Here we go. Ready? Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Think with me for a moment about this man and what's really happening. The Bible says he was unrighteous. People called him a notorious sinner. But he went from sinner to saint. He went from being a thief to being generous. He went from being far from God to being close to God. This was a change far more reaching than any other change in the world. This was not just external conduct change. It was an internal change. For when Zacchaeus experienced the grace of God, when he got close to Jesus and got into a relationship with Jesus, he was transformed from the inside out. Suddenly he had love, joy, peace, salvation, happiness, holiness, and Zacchaeus got his sins forgiven and became a righteous man. But not only did he have internal transformation, it became visible externally. He changed to where the people who called him a notorious sinner now could praise him as a man who did good works. And in the end, when he got close to God and got righteous, he began to find the favor of God. Jesus himself pronounced a blessing upon him. And the great news for all of us is that you and I, every one of us today, can follow his example and become righteous so that we get the favor of God. So how did it happen? Well, here's your first truth. Righteousness requires a relationship with God. You've got to have a relationship with God to get righteous. That's what we see in the opening of our story. In verse 3, the Bible says Zacchaeus tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. In other words, Zacchaeus had shortcomings. 
Okay, you'll get it in a minute. Don't worry. Now, listen, I know I'm a tall man. I'm not that tall, but I'm pretty tall. But I have nothing against short people. If you're short, I don't care. I love you anyway. In fact, some of my best friends are short people. Amen. God bless short people. Did you know that the Bible has a special promise for short people? Yeah. It is. If you're short, listen well. Jesus said, lo, I am with you always. So if you're short today, don't worry. Clap for all the short people. Amen. But Zacchaeus was so short, he couldn't get to Jesus. And the fact is, there is a symbol in this. God made Zacchaeus short so that he would represent all of us. God's trying to tell us something. His short size prevented him from getting to God. He was too short to see Jesus. He was too short to see God. Zacchaeus was an unrighteous man. That's why later the people said he's a notorious sinner. And in his story, we find our story. For just like Zacchaeus, we're too short. Romans tells us we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Just like mom, every one of us is one mortar too short to reach God. And no matter who you are, no matter how hard you try, we all fall short of the glory of God. That's why Romans 3.10 says all people whether Jews or Gentiles, Americans, Indians, Ghanaians, Nigerians are under the power of sin. As the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. And when you fall short of God's standard, you can't spend your way out. You can't write a check to get out of your sin. You can't run to ministries and get a special pass to heaven. No matter how you dress, you cannot clean your heart. No matter how how high you rise in society, you can never reach God. No matter how good you look, you cannot make yourself clean in the sight of God. For righteousness is beyond our reach. That's why Galatians 3 tells us, but those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. You see, when we find that we're too short to reach God, we go to a different route and we try to do good works and make good deeds our source of connection to God. So we clean up the outside and we pretend, but the Bible says you're right Righteous deeds are actually a barrier to true righteousness because when you're trying to become righteous by behaving yourself and with outward conduct, you deny the righteousness that comes by faith. You focus on the external and ignore the internal. But here's the good news. Even though righteousness is beyond our reach, it's not unreachable. That's why Jesus came. He came to make sinners saints. He came to make thieves generous people. He came to transform our lives. And when you seek God and pursue God and get close to God, that's when you become righteous. That's what happened to Zacchaeus. He was a sinner, but when he encountered Christ, suddenly he began to change. Listen to verse 5 and 6. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. And God is calling you by name today. Dennis, Kwame, Kojo, Ama, Mame. God is calling you by name. He said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. I've come and I'm knocking on the door of your heart. I want to come in and sup with you and fellowship with you. And Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. And suddenly, in the midst of his separation, Jesus comes by. 
suddenly in the midst of his inability to reach God, God reaches him. He didn't call Zacchaeus because he was good. He didn't call him because he made a special seed offering. He didn't call him because he was a member of the church. Jesus called him in his sin because that's what Jesus does. He comes after us and seeks us and saves us and makes us righteous. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. Righteousness is not how we get close to God. Getting close to God is how we become righteous. And the closer you are to God, the more righteous you become. In fact, listen to the principle found in 1 John 3, 2. We know that when he comes again, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. Now, I know this is speaking about a future event. When Jesus comes the second time, we will behold him as he is and we'll all be changed. But there's a principle in this passage that applies to us today. The more you see God, the more like him you become. The greater revelation you have of Jesus, the greater like him you become. And if you will get close to God and get into a relationship with him and let your eyes be open to see him, then you will become like Jesus. That's why here at Agape House, we're out for one thing and one thing alone. We have one aim and one aim alone, Jesus. We want to know him. We want to love him. We want to see him. We want to be near him. We want to worship him. For Jesus is the only one who can change us and make us righteous. That's why Luke One says, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He's come close to us and saved us. He has sent us a mighty Savior so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness all the days of our lives, as long as we live. And I'm here to tell you today, you can live righteous every day of your life. You can live a holy life. You can live pure before God. When you get close and let Jesus visit you, when you get into the presence of God, when you serve him, you can do so in holiness and righteousness. For a relationship of love and trust will keep you on the path of righteousness when nothing else can. Many years ago, I visited Cotonou, Benin Republic. I went there to preach in a pastor's seminar. One night after one of the meetings, I went back to my hotel in Cotonou and I decided to take some food and drink. So I went and sat outside by the swimming pool and I ordered food and drink. And as I was there, a young lady came along. She said to me, Hi. Bonsoir. I said, Bonsoir. She said, Ça va. I said, très bien, merci. Et toi? I started chatting with her. I found out she was from Ghana. Kumasi. She said, would you like to have a private meeting with me in your hotel room? I said, oh, my wife would not like that. She started looking around. Is your wife here? I said, no, but it doesn't matter. I'm in a relationship of love and trust, and I will not do anything to violate that relationship. I love my wife more than anything except for Jesus Christ, and I cannot betray her. No momentary pleasure can compare to a relationship of love. The young lady was shocked. 
Then I told her, go back to Kumasi, get in church and get your life right with God. But here's what you need to remember from my trip in Cotonou, Benin Republic. Relationship will keep you when nothing else will. When you're connected to Jesus and you love him passionately, you have the power to live a righteous life. See, that's the problem with religion. Religion has no relationship. You can't control yourself when your only view is the conduct that you're giving. When you're only focused on your conduct, you have no self-control. But you can walk in righteousness when you have a relationship with God. Salvation is not about external conditions. Salvation is about internal transformation. Look, if you get a metal pipe and you put a snake inside that pipe, before the pipe, the snake is moving right, moving left, going back and forth. But when he gets in the pipe, suddenly there's no room to move and he will behave himself and move straight through. He will learn how to walk through. But when he gets out of the pipe, the moment he exits the pipe, he begins to go back and forth like this and this. That's religion. There's no power except you have a relationship. I remember when I was a youth, the, the church used to play videos and films about hell, the burning hell. And all of us as teenagers, we would watch that and we'd begin to shake and we'd begin to sweat. And I tell you, for the next two weeks after we watched that video, we were the best children in the whole church. We were well behaved. But after a few weeks, the fear of hell began to die out and we went back to living like this. Hey, because fear of punishment is not enough to make you righteous. Only love for Jesus can make you righteous. Some people try to be righteous. They try to behave themselves because they want a reward. That's why on watch night, New Year's Eve, every Ghanaian is in church. Hey, they give a nod to God hoping that by behaving once in a year, they get his favor. Nonsense. The problem is, if you promise someone paradise in the next life or paradise now, most people choose paradise now. If you tell a man you're going to have paradise after you're 90 years old and you go to heaven, or you're going to have paradise with your girlfriend tonight, hey, most men choose the girlfriend tonight. Oh, tell your neighbor he's talking about you. Don't be deceived. Then you come and say, I will repent later. Hmm, you're not serious. You're like the man who came to a gap house and said, Lord, forgive me for the sins I committed last night. And forgive me for the ones I plan to commit tonight too. Ah, don't be deceived. You don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You only have religion and religion cannot save you. That was the problem with the Pharisees. Outwardly, the Pharisees were very pure. On the Sabbath, they counted the number of steps they took to make sure they obeyed the law. They tithed even the seed from their herb plant. Oh, some of you are asking, should you tithe before tax or after tax? Dude, you have a long way to go. The Pharisees, if you gave them a loaf of bread, they cut 10% and give it to God. If you gave them a shirt, they value it and give 10% to God. They were so perfect, so exacting, so righteous, but it was only external. They didn't love God. They didn't know God. And Jesus rebukes them in Luke 16, 15 and says, you like to appear righteous in public, but God knows your hearts. What this world honors is detestable in the sight of God. And I'm here to tell you today, people may applaud you and people may praise you, but God's looking at your heart. Do you 
love him? Are you committed to him? Are you in a relationship with Jesus? Are you serving him to avoid hell? Or are you serving him because you love him? Are you serving him to get a blessing? Or are you serving him because you love him? That's what this church stands for. We're here for one thing and one thing and no. We want Jesus. We are here for Jesus. We love Jesus. We're not here to play games. We're here to let Jesus come and change our lives. Somebody say amen. That's why righteousness always begins with relationship. You can only have righteousness when you're connected to God. For 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, somebody say in him, in him, somebody shout in him. In him, somebody shout in him. In Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. And I promise you, if you get near to Jesus, if you get into Jesus, if you get connected to Jesus, you will become as righteous as Jesus. Somebody say amen. Please turn your notes over to page two and understand that brings us to our second uh, truth today. Righteousness results in right living. When you get close to Jesus, he transforms your inside. But when you transform on the inside, it impacts uh, the outside. That's what happened to Zacchaeus. Listen to verse eight. Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. What a transformation. When he got into the presence and stood before the Lord, he changed not only inwardly, but it reflected outwardly. His righteousness resulted in life change that became visible to other people. He made restitution. He paid back what he stole. And when you receive Christ by faith, you become the righteousness of God in Christ internally. And when that happens, it will change your conduct. That's why 1 John 3, 7 says, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he, God, is righteous. So you can't have it both ways. You can't claim to be the righteousness of God in Christ while you live an unrighteous life. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. Whenever you turn to God, you are turning away from sin. Seeking the face of God and having a relationship with him requires that you die to sin. You can't have it both ways. You can't keep Jesus and keep your sin. For Romans 6 says, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. You can't have both. You have to choose. Jesus or my side chick. You can hold on to one, give up the other, or give up one and hold on to the other. But you can't have both. You have to choose. Jesus or gossip. You can hold on to one, give up the other, Give up one, hold on to the other, but you can't have both. Choose. Jesus or jealousy? Jesus or pride? Jesus or anger? Jesus or hatred? Jesus or bribery? You can hold on to one, give up the other, or give up the one and hold on to the other. 
but you can't have both. Choose. That's the powerful lesson we learned from the tragic but true story of the Horton family from New Zealand. On the night of Saturday, November 28, 2009, Vanessa Horton was driving the family's Mazda station wagon with her son, Silva, in the back. Silva's 13 years old. They both had their safety belt on, but it was raining heavily that night, and the road had become quite slick. As Vanessa rounded a curve, the car suddenly slid off the road into a ditch and fell into the river. Vanessa Horton and her 13-year-old son, Silva, began to sink inside the wagon into the river. Fortunately, the husband and father of the family, Stacy Horton, was driving behind them in the second Horton family car. So he immediately pulled over, and within two minutes of the Mazda going into the river, Stacy Horton jumped in to save his wife, Vanessa, and his son, Silva. But when he got into the water, he realized two minutes had passed and his wife and son were drowning and he could not possibly save them both. He had to choose. He tried his best to get both of them, but he couldn't save his wife and his son. He had to choose between Vanessa, his wife, and his son, Silva. So Stacy Horton made a choice. He saved his wife, Vanessa. And 13-year-old Silva drowned. He died. He couldn't save both. He had to choose. And this morning, this afternoon, I'm here to tell you, you can't save both Jesus or your sin. One must go. One can stay. You've got to choose because you can't have That's why over and over again in the Bible, the Bible encourages us to pursue righteousness. Listen to the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy 6.11. Pursue righteousness and a godly life. Then in the 2 Timothy 2.21, he says, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. And if you'll begin to seek God today, if you'll get close to God, if you'll be desperate for God, if you'll follow after God and chase God and get him near to you, he will pour out righteousness upon you. He will transform you on the inside and your conduct on the outside will be changed. It will be visible to others for the fact is God has provided everything you need to be righteous. He sent his son Jesus to reach you when you couldn't reach God. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross so that your sins could be forgiven. He sent his son Jesus to rise from the grave so that you could have a new life and God has done everything he can. God has taken every step, but there's one step, one thing left, and you must do it. You've got to participate. You've got to hunger for righteousness and turn from sin and turn to God. You've got to embrace Jesus Christ and begin to change uh, based on his righteousness within you. For Ephesians 4 says, Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop 
telling lies. And don't sin by letting anger control you. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Don't use foul or abusive language. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. And God's telling us here, change starts on the inside, but it continues to the outside. Stop lying. Stop letting anger control you. Stop using foul and abusive language. Stop bringing sorrow to God's heart by the way you live. You may feel it's impossible. You may feel that you don't have the strength. But if you will seek God, you'll find his presence coming inside of you to change you and to cleanse you. For he gives you the power to live righteous. And when you do respond and walk in righteousness, he showers you with favor. And that's our third truth today. Righteousness reaps a reward of God's favor. Listen to the amazing pronouncement Jesus himself made in the parlor of Zacchaeus in verse 9. Jesus responded, salvation, blessings, life, eternity, glory, peace, love, new hearts has come to this home, to Zacchaeus, to his wife, to his children, to their grandchildren today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. And I don't know about you, but I want Jesus in my parlor today pronouncing a blessing like this on my home. I want Jesus to pronounce his favor upon my family. I want Jesus to pronounce his blessing upon us that salvation and the kingdom of God and righteousness, peace and joy has come to me. For you see, righteousness always reaps God's favor. And when you respond to God, he responds to you. When you obey God, he rewards you. When you follow Jesus, he surrounds you and and covers you with favor. That's the lesson I learned many years ago at our Agape Children's Home, our orphanage at Ayarfa. I used to go and visit the home often, and I could remember a time when there was one little boy, a four-year-old boy. Every time I went to the home and got out of the car, that little boy was there. He was like a magnet attracted to me. If I looked right, he was there. If I looked left, he was there. In front, he was there. Behind, he was there. No matter where I went, he was there. And every time I looked down at him, this is what he did. He smiled at me. I loved all the children, but this boy, hey, sometimes I wanted him to leave me alone, but he would be right there holding to my leg, going along with me, daddy, daddy, anywhere I went. So finally I said, if you won't leave me alone, then come on, let's go together. I would take him by the hand and we will go around the children's home together because his smile warmed my heart. His expectation made me want to bless him. His need attracted my attention. And I'm here to tell you today that you can attract the favor of God. You can attract the attention of God if you will hold on to him and follow him. When he looks right, he sees you. When he looks left, he sees you. When he looks front, looks back, looks up, looks down, he sees you. And every time God looks at you, you do this. I'm telling you, God will favor you. God will smile on you. Whether he likes you or not, he will bless you. That's why I'm God's favorite. I'm God's favorite. But the good news is, God is so big. God is so vast. Every single one of us can be his favorite. We can all be his favorite when we catch the attention of God with our eagerness, our expectation, our need, our love. When we pay attention to God, he pays attention to us. The righteous reap his reward. 
That's what the Bible says. Listen to Psalm 58, 11. Surely, assuredly, definitely, positively, there is a reward for the righteous. Surely there is a God who judges on earth. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 21, the righteous are rewarded with good things. Proverbs 15, 28 says, the Lord hears the prayers of the righteous. Proverbs 21, 21 says, whoever, whether you're black or white, rich or poor, whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. I want it, Lord. But Psalm 84, 11, 11 is my favorite. For the Lord God is our sun and shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. And I stand up and say, here I am, Lord. I'm going to do what's right. No good thing will you withhold from me. Every blessing, every promotion, every prosperity, every peace, every health, every good thing is mine because I am committed to doing what is right. I want to love you and pursue you. Lord, here I am. I'm a righteous man. Bless me. And that's the cry of the heart of our church. Others may have more beautiful cathedrals, but we're passionate for Jesus. Others may have better political connections, but we're passionate for Jesus. Others may have better equipment or more celebrities in attendance, but you can take all those things. I want Jesus Christ. I want the Lord inside of me. No gimmicks, just Jesus. No manipulation, just ministry. No greed, just God. No pride, just praise. Praise to him. Give me Jesus. For you see, God can take any one of us. He can take the greatest sinner in our midst and make us righteous. No matter how far you are from God, no matter the barriers between you and God, when you answer his call, he brings you in, covers you with his righteousness, and changes you on the inside. For when you receive from him, you receive grace, righteousness, and the power to live right. Romans 5 tells us, for the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater, even greater than sin, even greater than death, is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Friend, you could live in victory you can live in triumph. You can live in the grace and righteousness of God. When you walk with him, allow him to change you inside and out, and you will see the favor and the blessings of God. That's my prayer for you on our 16th anniversary. It's my prayer for our church that we will remember where we came from, why we started. We will walk in the principles of faith and righteousness. And we will continue to receive God's favor. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Just say this simple prayer after me. Jesus, Jesus, I want to know you more. I want to know you more. I want to experience you. I want to experience you. And have a personal relationship with you. And have a personal relationship with you. I don't want to rely. I don't want to rely. On other people's opinions. On other people's opinions. Or experiences. Or experiences. I want to know you for myself. I want to know you for myself. Give me new revelations. Give me new revelations. Of who you are. Of who you are. Speak to me. Speak to in me. In ways you've never done before. In ways you've never done before. I pray. I pray. Give me a heart. That you give me a that heart. That seeks after you. That seeks after you. Remove 
remove everything from my life. Remove everything from my that life. That is distracting me from you. That distracts me from you. Give me passion. Give me passion to have a deeper relationship with you. To have a deeper relationship with you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House New Testament Church in East Legon. If you are ever in Accra, we will like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience.